Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you love your boxing and your MMA, we have a brand new show every single week called The Knockout. Myself and the great Gareth A. Davis will be looking forward to some of the big fights that could happen in 2021. Could we see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua? Could we even see Canelo versus a certain Billy Joe Saunders? Every single week we have a special guest and today we have a very, very special guest. Two-weight world champion, unbeaten, the current WBO super middleweight king, Billy Joe Saunders, will be joining us. Also, as well as Billy Joe Saunders, we'll be hearing from former IBO super welterweight champion, Hannah Rankin, on her fight against Colosso Ndobiani in South Africa. And we'll also be discussing how Jake Paul versus Ben Askren has agreed. That fight is happening, people. This is The Knockout on TalkSport 2. Deontay Wilder, who's been down, who's been absolutely pummeled, and the towel comes in! The towel comes in! Tyson Fury is a winner in Las Vegas. Jay Reyes, he throws in the towel. She needs the bell, she needs it urgently, Hannah Rankin. And she goes down under the onslaught. All too much for the brave Scott. She just about gets to her feet, and it is all over. Savannah Marshall becomes the world middleweight champion. For moving in for the finish, and that's it. A heavy right hand, and that's... What was the referee doing, allowing him to continue after twice being knocked down to the count of nine? Now look. Down for the third time, and it is finished. And Billy Joe Saunders does get the stoppage and does retain his world title. Yeah, busy show. Loads to get through in the next, what, 55 minutes or so. We are going to chat. Billy Joe Saunders, Canelo. We're going to hear from Billy Joe Saunders as well. Gareth hooked that one up. Well done, Gareth. And we're going to hear uh, Gareth's interview of Tyson Fury. That was on Gareth's YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you tune it. Make sure you subscribe to Gareth's YouTube channel, by the way. So much content there. Gareth A. Davis will hear as well from Hannah Rankin. And we'll talk uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. Let me welcome in the man, the myth, the legend that is Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Gareth, so much happens in the boxing world week to week. Um, this week already... We've had Trevor Bryant versus Bermain Stavern. Uh, looks like Pac-Man is now champion in recess, right? Ugas has got that belt. Ugas could be fighting Errol Spence. The world doesn't stop in boxing well, does it? It doesn't. And uh, uh, thank you for the very warm welcome, Eddie. Always lovely to be on with you. And I'm delighted we've got this new show. Um, please, listeners, subscribe to our show. Listen to the podcast. Come on and give us comments every week. As you say, um, you know, a week is a long time in boxing. And I think, you know, 
we know behind the scenes that the Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua contract is moving on. Uh, we're hoping that Billy Joe Saunders and Saul Cano Alvarez will meet uh, in the first week or second week in May. Um, Las Vegas, the Raiders Stadium, looks the favourite for that, but it could go to Miami or it could go somewhere like Texas where they've got crowds, they're mm -hmm. looking at crowds. Um, no, it, it, it never slows down. And as you say, that World Boxing Association situation has caused ructions in the sport because they've got too many champions. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I know we'll talk about that during the show, but uh, it's great to be on with you as always. What do you make, Gareth, about um, Pac-Man uh, coming champion in recess? Do you think that's the end of Pac-Man? There was a lot of talk about the Ryan Garcia fight. We're not quite sure that fight's going to happen. They're obviously, an exhibition one. But do you think that could be that for Pac-Man? Um, I don't know. I think he's very keen to to have another world title at, at welterweight. I, I the, the the situation with Ryan Garcia is a very peculiar one, Addy, because Eric Gomez, the matchmaker or CEO rather of Golden Boy Promotions, put out a tweet on Saturday night saying that fight won't happen between Garcia and Pac-Man. But Pac-Man is saying it is going ahead. Garcia himself says it's going ahead and it won't be an exhibition. It will genuinely be a 12-round fight. Mm. Um, very confusing at the moment. But you know what? There's so many lightweights yeah. for Garcia to face at the moment. The likes of Tiafimo Lopez, the likes of Devin Haney and Javonta Davis, that I don't understand why he wants to step in the ring with Pac-Man right now. Of course, he wants to step in, I do, for his legacy and to fight this legend and a hero of his. But for me, I'd rather see him fight in this incredibly exciting lightweight division right now. Agreed. I couldn't agree anymore. Not, and the thing is, as well, some of those lightweight fights that you just mentioned are massive money fights as well. Fantastic fights against his own peers. There's even guys from 130 that could come up in the likes of Shakur Stevenson, Absolutely. Miguel Bichel, if he gets past Oscar Valdez. Absolutely. So there are so many fantastic fights Campos out there. Campos Jr.'s around as there well. There you He's go, right? I mean, so many fighter, names. Yeah. So many yeah, names. And let's not rule out someone like a Richard Comey. I know he got beat last time by a Tifima, but he's still around as well. Absolutely. I think his stock got damaged a little by that second round knockout by Tiafimo Lopez uh, mm. last year, which was a shame. But absolutely right. But he's regathering at the moment. It's an incredible division. And the thing is, Ryan Garcia with his, I think it's 8.4 million uh, Instagram followers. I'll repeat that. 8.4 million. Just it the 8.4 million more than me. It's <laughs> it's just it's just an incredible <laughs> it's just an incredible number and in many ways he is the guy that as, as i've called him the justin bieber of, of boxing that that he's igniting this division at the moment because he's the golden goose for for a lot of those fighters because they are great boxers all the others but he is a star he he's is already a star so matching him with those guys really makes sense yeah and i've always said look and i know people are saying okay let's see the acid test we saw that against luke campbell got put down got up and i've always said if this kid can box like even mm. half as good as i think he can box then he is the next pay-per-view king he could be well onto that um, let's talk about a star that is already there, a star that is going to be a superstar until until he boxes no more, and that's Tyson Fury. I know you've been talking to him on your YouTube channel, Gareth A. Davis. Uh, I want to play a clip first, and this is when you spoke speaking to Tyson Fury, and you asked about the promoters talking and all the jibes they're doing. Listen, I don't get involved in the promoting. I let the promoters do it. That's what they get paid for. I get paid to fight, so that's what I do. Promoters get paid to promote. That's what they do. Don't get involved. It's all he said, she said at the moment. Um, so until something's signed, and we've got a date in a venue, I'm, um, I'm still in the same position as I was last year. 
I love it. Sometimes I just love hearing boxers that just tell it straight. And Tyson Fury is that kind of boxer. Just, it tells it straight. And by the way, it's a fantastic interview, Gareth. I, I listened to it, 30, all 33 minutes of it as well. <laughs> it is a fantastic interview. Well done on getting that. But he's right, right? I mean, as much as we're getting excited and me and you are saying, look, we hope it happens and it should happen this year, Tyson Fury is saying, look, I don't get involved in that. The promoters and the managers do it. Basically, I just fight. Well, it's a very sensible way to think about it because otherwise it creates anxiety in in someone if they're if they're thinking about that person thinking about that fight all the time until it's actually signed until a contract has gone back and forth between Bob Arum Frank Warren Eddie Hearn and both boxers and their management teams are completely happy with the details the finer detail of the fight we know they've agreed a 50 50 mm. we know how big this fight and how important it is uh, for the world of boxing not just them but everything else drips down so it's so important. Um, you're still hearing me, Eddie? I'm still hearing you fine, oh, yeah. Um and, and I think, you know, the other thing is that Tyson has got this regime to keep himself mentally uh, fit and well, that he goes to the gym twice a day or he has a run and he does a gym session. And he says that, you know, look, I'm just after my own mental well-being at the moment. There's no mm. point doing a camp until the fight signed for early June yeah he won't go into camp till 10 weeks before so at the moment he's 19 and a half stone as he revealed uh, he looks really really well that's he's, really really good for Fury oh it's brilliant this is mm. fighting weight as yeah. he says you know and he's a fighting man as we know and you know he revealed <laughs> that his wife Paris is pregnant with their sixth child we, we had a we had a bit of a laugh we talked about all kinds of things like I asked him what animal he would be if he could choose to be an animal spirit he said to be a dolphin and then he went on to say he's like a i don't know if he got the clip but he's he's like a t-rex he'll be like a t-rex when he wrestles with opponents we talked about his weapons of choice if he'd been a gladiator in rome he said he'd have had two daggers for uh, for deontay wilder meaning he, he <laughs> attacked him with both fists but he generally he'd have a long sword and a shield that's tyson fury to a to a t Mm. Let's hear another clip as well. And this is uh, Tyson Fury talking about the potential upcoming fight with AJ. No, I've got nothing in my mind. While I'm in that gym training, I'm, I've got an empty mind. I'm uh, focusing on working out, sweating, and making that mind well, keeping it clean and healthy. See, he says that, but surely already his mind must be switched on, knowing that, look, let's be honest, it, it should be AJ next. Do, do you think, is that how boxers operate, Gareth, where you know that guy's coming up, you start watching tapes, you are really switched on and focused, surely. You, you are, but I think it's a soft focus, as, as athletes and sports psychologists talk about, Addy, in, in the sense that he will be studying Anthony Joshua. He's a real student of the game, Tyson Fury. You can go so deep with him about the history of the sport as well. And I think he'll be looking at Anthony Joshua's um, stylistic changes, for example, that he made against Kubrat Pulev, that he, he was squatting more, that he was balanced on his feet, that his jab was better, that he was more composed. He'll have studied that. And, you know, he'll be working in the gym on certain moves, but he's so confident in his own ability to be present, if you like, in the actual fight that he won't be losing sleep, so to speak, over uh, Joshua's power or um, what a loss would do to him. So, you know, Tyson Fury's still undefeated, remember? I mean, even... The first fight with Deontay Wilder, many of us believe he won that he fight. He won that fight, he did. It was scored a draw. Yeah, I agree. He won that fight by two or three rounds. So mm. it's sensible. And I'm, I'm sure Anthony Joshua is doing the same. They will pop into each other's mind. They will keep an eye on each other. But it's not that sharp focus that they have in those 
kind of last few weeks going into a camp when they they're really plotting and for example i cannot wait for the two men to come together at press conferences and to see how the mental game kind of plays out and i think you know we heard that a little bit there from tyson fury i mean when he spoke to me once he once he gets into it and he starts to his fighting alter ego starts to come out. You can hear the confidence he has as a fighter with that extraordinary record behind him. I mean, look, when he fought Deontay Wilder the first time, everybody, myself included, thought he was coming back too soon after two kind of facile comeback fights. I, I think you're being months. kind by calling them facile. I, I was actually trying to think of a worse word than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Safa Zafiri is not even known outside his own home uh, as, a, uh, as a great... Uh, heavyweight boxer look I mean but the thing is with Tyson Fury he's got those natural abilities he's been doing it from the day he could walk he's from 10 generations of bare knuckle fighters you know that boxing is the national sport of the traveler race so he's imbued with a sense of what boxing is really all about I think I think he's a correct puncher but not a not a not a real KO artist I think that will be it that was right on the nose Eyes watering. Somehow he gets the bravery to get back up again, but the referee this time says no, and I think that's the right decision. I always love the rocky music. I mean, you can't go wrong with playing a bit of rocky music on a boxing show, can you? It's a knockout with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Now, I did say at the top of the show that we have the best guest. I said we're bringing you boxing's very, very elite. And it doesn't get much better, does it, than a two-wit world champion, unbeaten, and a man that could be on the verge of one of the biggest fights in boxing today. That man is Billy Joe Saunders, who's with us now. Billy, I'm trying not to get too excited because last year I was excited. COVID happened and we didn't get to see you versus Canelo. It's in my top three fights I want to see in 2021. Can I get excited now? I'd just like to say that it's, it's sort of hard to get excited and to... You know, my name's obviously lurking around mm. uh, very strong, strong rumours. Uh, but, you know, Canelo's got a job in hand. Um, we yield him. Um, it makes sense to unify if he comes through unscathed. And, and obviously with a victory that I'm very confident he will. Um, but I've just left it to my management uh, team, MTK, and, uh, and Eddie Earn. So, you know, hopefully it happens. But, you know, I've been told a few times this is going to happen and it never has. So... Hopefully this time the uh, I'm sort of like the only one remaining. Really, we seen him with Golovkin, we seen mm. him with Smith, and you know I'm the only one remaining really for him. So let's see if I can do the job if it happens. We were talking in the last section, Billy. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, about how Tyson said the same thing when I interviewed him last week, Tyson Fury, that he's not thinking about Anthony Joshua every day because there's no point until you're closer to the fight. You've got a soft focus on Canelo, you'll be working on your moves. But until it's actually signed, there's not much point mentally thinking about that in, in a focused way, is it? Well, no, you know, the, the thing is, it would love, I would love a date and, you know, to say, right, well, you're out this date, Canelo's out that date, both win and you meet each other because we've both got a job in hand. Um, you know, but at the minute, it's, it, it, you know, they, they are strong talks, but that's all they are is, is talks because... You know, who knows? Canelo might go and get knocked out in one round. You know, the beauty is about boxing. No one really knows what's going to happen in this sport because it's one punch. 
Um, and, you know, there's an old saying, everyone's got a puncher's chance. And, uh, you know, hopefully he comes through Yildrim. I can't see Yildrim upsetting him, but, you know, that's all I've done is this. I'm training away and I've left all the negotiations and talks to my management, MTK. They know, you know, what I want and what I don't want. And, uh, you know, they're working very, very, very hard to secure the uh, the date and venue and the fight. So uh, I know they're, they're in real, real strong talks. Fingers crossed they do uh, get this fight over the line because it is a fight, like I said at the top, Billy, it is a fight that, for me, definitely top three fights. Like I want to see... You know, obviously AJ versus Fury. I want to see Spence Crawford, and I desperately want to see you versus Canelo, just because at 160 to 168, of all the people that Canelo could fight, and there are good fighters out there that he could fight, everyone says Billy Joe Saunders is the one that has a style to beat Canelo. Like everyone, Gareth said it last week that stylistically, you're one of the best boxers we've ever produced in this country. What is it about your style that gives you the advantage, you think, over a potential fight with Canelo? It's, it's, I don't think it's. I don't look at it as style. I just look at that as will to win. I go in to win everything, you know, and I'm going in to win this fight. Um, if it happens, if it happens, and, and and it gets made, and that, you know, even now, you know, my thoughts on just win, whatever it is, and you know, do anything, any means necessary to get that win. So, you know, look, I've watched Canelo since I've just turned pro. I've always had my eye in, on David Lemieux and him, and I knew our paths were maybe going to cross one day. And, and, uh, you know, he's a great fighter. He's a great fighter. And uh, I've got nothing but respect for him, what he's done for the game. But, you know, he's got something I want. And, you know, rightly so, all these big fights, Fury, Joshua, me, Canelo, um, Spence, Corp, they all should be made because the fans are missing out. You know, we don't want a gimme fight where, you know, look, injury-free, I hope he, he comes out next. But, you know, yielding for him next is probably... Well, it is a gimme. We all know the result. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of them. But in boxing, we just, you know, it's, 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 surprises can happen. Look at AJ and uh, and Andy Ruiz, you know. Yeah. Surprises can happen in boxing. That's why people tune in and it's such a big sport because anything can happen. But I'm strongly, strongly looking forward to it if it does happen. And I genuinely believe that I'm the best super middleweight on the planet. So, you know, time will tell. A two-pronged question for you, Billy. Um there is talk of it potentially happening at Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. I know you haven't fought there yet. Is that an ambition? And also, if it is signed for, say, May the 8th, May the 1st, May the 8th, um, and Tyson Fury mentioned this as well about activity, is there any chance that you might slip one, slip a fight in between now and then, given that you fought it's, on December the 4th? Do you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is, Gareth. I've been waiting for this long for this fight for so long because, you know, I know what I can do and what I can't do. And I know that I've got the beating of him. So to get in there to slip someone in as a warm-up would be pretty dangerous. I know he's doing it because it's his mandatory, but if it wasn't his mandatory and he had to do it, I suppose that, you know, he wouldn't do it. I know he's getting paid well probably to do it, but, you know, this is a fight for him that has to happen. And, you know, of course I would love a fight in between, but... It's sort of a fat. It's sort of a. It's sort of one of them. Okay, you're right. Let's have a fight in between, and you know. But what happens if I get a cut, hand injury? You know, my, my I box in December. I've been in the gym since. Um, you know, I've had a bit of a break. I haven't. I haven't been full steam ahead, but I've been. I've stayed in touch with the gym. Uh, I've still got like 14 weeks to the to, to the date. So it's not a case of where I've blown up massively, and you know, I've got to get the weight down and this. So I'm, I'm in a good place. You know, so. I'm you sound in a good place. place. Yeah, I am. You know, I, 
I am. So I, that's all I want is just to see how good I am because, you know, everyone raves on about he's the, he's the best and no one can beat him. But I genuinely believe, and, and, and people think I'm mad, that I beat him. I know I beat him. And, you know, I'm, I'm ready to prove a lot of people wrong. Billy, we saw him last time out against an unbeaten fighter in Callum Smith, uh, someone that was taking his WBA title out there. What do you make of? What did you make of that performance? And what do you make of Callum at one sixty-eight? Do you think this is his best weight, one sixty-eight? Do you think it's still one sixty? I've met, I, Do you want the truth? I didn't watch the Canelo Smith fight. Really? I didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch Why? it. I see highlights. I see because look. I bring I bring something to the table. One thing Canelo Alvarez has never, ever, 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 ever done. He's never fought a gypsy man. Never. And I've got something inside of me burning so strong that I'll give my life, my soul, my everything to get the win. Some people go in there and they get blinded by the money, they get blinded by the lights, they get blinded by the, you know, what could be, what couldn't be fame. That don't bother me. Forget all that. Keep all that. Have it. Don't want no fame. Don't want to be seen. Don't want to be known by people on the street. Don't want to. Don't want any of that. You know, I want the win. That's all I want. That's all I'm after. And I just felt that, you know, taking the fight on five six weeks notice was just a sign of, you know, I'm going to go in there, get my money, and and, and I'll see you all later. Mm. So I didn't really tune in. It didn't really. Like, I want to see someone who's going in there, fully focused on doing a job, and that's to win. Do I blame Smith for? For taking that chance, I don't know. You know, I don't know how he is financially. I don't know if you know if he had bills to. But I don't know. But he didn't go in with the winning mentality. You have to go in there, and size don't work. You know, people's tried being big. People's tried being slick. People's tried being fast. They've tried, you know, moving around the ring. But the, the, he's never met. He's only ever met one intelligent, clever fighter, Floyd Mayweather. You know, brilliant stuff, Billy. Um. Can you I know, ask you again? Would you is having your name up in lights in Las Vegas uh, a big ambition as the seventh Gareth, Brit to fight Canelo? That if it was in Las Vegas, China, Japan, all around the universe, my name was up. That don't bother me. That ain't gonna make me win. It ain't gonna make me lose. It ain't gonna help me in that ring. What's gonna help me in that ring is my brain, my intelligence, my will to win. You know the craft of the game. I've been boxing now since I've been five, and. If if I can't beat him now, then I'm never going to beat him. I believe in my own heart and soul I've got the beating of Canelo Alvarez. Obviously, I know everything's got to go right in the night. The training camp's got to be perfect. I've got to be in perfect shape. I've got to be fit. I've got to be focused. I've got to be switched on. I know for, I know I need a performance I've never done before. You know? And no one's invincible. No one's... Nobody's invincible. Nobody. Nobody's invincible. Everybody can be beaten with the right game plan, with the right tactic, with the right pressure. You know, every, everybody's beatable. Everybody. We're only human beings. That's all we are. We're not God. We're humans. Billy, by your own admission, and I think you've said this yourself a couple of times, obviously the last couple of years, you haven't been as active as you want to be. Um, you are in a hot division now where there is a lot of talent. Guys at 168, guys at 160 that can come up as well. The likes of Charlo has been talking about it. We know Demetrius Andrade has been chasing you around the world for the last year or so. Is it going to be a year of activity even after the Canelo fight, win or lose? Look, fingers crossed you win here. You've got me and Gareth's support, definitely. But regardless of the result, is it going to be a year of activity? Uh, you mean after the fight? like? Yeah, so maybe active. maybe one more fight in the year. Well, this is my plan. I'm going to go in, 
if the fight happens, I'm going to beat him, then the rematch is going to happen. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at anything else. I'm not worried about Andrade. They can't lace my boots. They're a load of, you know, they're a load of whatever they are, just sitting there, you know, rolling the dice, fingers crossed, hoping that a big check's going to land in their lap. You know, they're going to have to wait a very, very long time. They've boxed a load of bums. They've never boxed anybody of note. They've never boxed a name who's dangerous. So all they've boxed is a load of journeymen, mm. world-class journeymen. They haven't boxed anyone else. So they don't deserve the shot. You know, even when my middleweight title were robbed off me by Andrade and his team at the time, fair enough. They boxed, uh, I can't even remember his name from Zimbabwe some way. They, they flew What's him that, over. Kelsen Dukwa? Well, I can't even say the name, so in. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Who, who, name one person who Andrade's boxed, who, who he's beat, where you can go, do you know what? He deserves that fight. You know, don't forget, I beat, uh, I'm the way through and I'm coming through. I beat John Ryder before he was even beaten. I beat Loss into him. I beat Loss and Gary Spike O'Sullivan. Now, all these, and, and John Ryder could have nicked the fight against Smith. You know, I've beat David Lemieux, Andy Lee. You know, all of the, these people are, I can just even give John, he's never boxed anyone on John Ryder's level. Mm. You know, Andrade. So, I do you know, agree with that. For this fight, you know, he's screaming for this fight. He needs to say, no problem, Eddie. All right, let, match me with one of these big names. Right, they don't have to be world champions, but they've got to be legitimate, world-class opponents. To beat him, then you can go. Well, do you know what? He did beat him. He boxed well, and he, he done his job. Do you know what? I think yeah, he deserves a chance. He hasn't done that. You know, he hasn't done. And 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 no. And and, and you know, I've got to give uh, Smith his due. He did. He went into the uh, to you know to the Super Series, and he boxed some. Uh, uh, he boxed some good names, yeah. and you know, George Groves obviously was finishing done at the time, a bit past it. Uh, he'd done the job. He'd done what he needed to do, uh, and anyhow, you know, he got his shot. You know, he's world champion. You know, he, he, he's done well, so he deserved this shot. But I just feel like he didn't go in there with the same mentality of when he first ever stepped foot into a gym to believe he was going to be the best on the planet. That's what you need to be in this. You need to be, you need to go back and you need to think, you know, when you didn't have anything, what you wanted out of boxing and the name and the faces you wanted to beat. And he was one of them I wanted to beat. So he's the one my heart and my soul set on. I hope the fight happens. I'm confident it'll happen. I believe in my team, MTK. I believe in Eddie Earn. And uh, I believe the fight will happen. But there's always a risk of, of it not happening, you know? So it is what it is. I mean, last time I was out thousands and thousands of pounds on training camp. Thousands. And, and it didn't happen. So I sort of deserve it in a way. You know, I paid my due boxing. You know, I've been world champion now since 2015, middleweight and super middleweight. People can say what they want about me, inactivity, this and that. Ooh, they've put in front of me. I've dealt with. End of. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good afternoon, it's The Knockout here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you've missed any of today's show, maybe you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. You'll be able to check out some of the great boxing programming such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life and The Boy from Brownsville, The Mike Tyson Story. That there is a fantastic podcast and a listen. Make sure you tune into that one. All right, time now for our next guest, former IBO super, super welterweight champion, Hannah Rankin who travels to Cape Town, South Africa, for our next fight. Hannah's with us now. Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, this is an interesting, right? You, I, I like how you literally have gloves, will travel. You will fight anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And in the current situation at the moment, you've got to take the opportunities that come up. So, yeah, really excited. Never been to Cape Town before. Um, my manager, Sam Kinnock, has been working really hard behind the scenes setting up opportunities for his boxers and so he's working with fight africa promotions so i have an opportunity to go out there which is very exciting hannah um i just want to rewind a little bit it's lovely to have you on the show today um i want to know what a classical musician you're a bassoonist of course i mean you're very very adept uh with musical instruments what the hell did you do end up in the toughest sport on earth Well, I've always actually really loved uh, combat sports. I started in Taekwondo very young with my sister. I think it was a tactical move by my mum to avoid us fighting each other, to be honest. Um, So yeah, I've always loved combat sports. I came back to it at the end of my undergraduate in Glasgow. Um, I was doing Thai boxing then. And when I moved to London to do my master's at the Royal Academy of Music, I wanted to continue doing it. And uh, I did Thai boxing at Gym Box for a bit, and then I met my coach, Noel Callan, and uh, Derek Sweet D. Williams, and they both introduced me to boxing, and I just fell in love with it. So, yeah, no, it, it just turned out to be the sport that for me, really, and I, and I absolutely adore it. Don't you ever worry about the damage to your fingers as a musician, though? Yes, of course, but I think when I first started out, like my coach was obviously quite aware. I made him really aware of that, and I've had my hand wraps made for me in the gym from very early on in my career. I've never had like you know just the normal hand wraps. I get them made up with bandages and gauze, and I have a lot of thing padding to look after my hands. So that we're well taken care of on that one. 
Hani, you're coming off that um, that world title fight against Savannah Marshall. Um, next, you yep. take on an unknown in Colossa and Boyini. I lived in South Africa for a couple of years. I, I visit a load of gyms in Cape Town. I mean, these yep. girls have these records, which almost on paper look like they're journey journey girls, right? They, they fight everywhere, but they are as tough as nails. How much do you know about Ndeboyini? I don't know a lot about her. All I know is that she's a two two times South African champion at two different weights. Um, Which means a lot. Like I'm telling said, you now, Hannah. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of um, a lot of girls over in, in Africa in general that, uh, for whatever reason, they can't necessarily get visas to travel here, so they end up fighting each other a lot of the time. And there's some fantastic fighters over there. So I'm really excited to get the opportunity to go there. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. It's a peculiar thing, Hannah, because during lockdown, certainly in the last year, women's uh, boxing or the women's arm of boxing has come on extraordinarily well. There's so much yeah. interest having yeah. been generated. I've got to ask you, as, as Addy mentioned just then, you've been in the ring uh, with both Savannah Marshall and Clarissa Shields. Uh, as a yep. professional, when those two ladies meet, who do you think will have the, up, the upper hand? Well, when that fight is actually made, I will definitely be giving my predictions at the time. Oh, I love that. <laughs> are, you, are you giving <laughs> us splinters she's, today? She's doing us the fence That's sitting. splinters. That's splinters on the fence. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm absolutely backing Carissa Shields. Obviously, she's my really good friend. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's a very, very exciting fight for women's boxing. It's going to be a super fight for sure. Um, it's two completely different styles of, of boxing as well in the ring. And I just think the fans are going to be in for such a night. I can't wait for it, really, to be perfectly honest. Hannah, what about yourself and your own ambitions? Obviously, look, this is, I don't want to say it's a stay busy fight, but you're going over there. You are favourite to win. You fought for world titles before. You're a former IBO world champion yourself. Uh, what's the plan going forward for you? And, and what weight are you going to stay at? We've seen you at middle. We've seen you at light middle. What's your ideal weight and what's the plan going forward? So this will be my first fight going down towards welterweight. Um, I wanted to really go down to that weight for a while and um, obviously I'm very comfortable at super welterweight, it's my natural weight, but uh, there's now a lot more opportunities opening up and it's a whole weight division that I've not had a chance to be involved in. So for me this year, my goal is to have about three fights, hopefully end the year with some, some title. Um, and then next year, I want to be looking towards challenging for world title at world, uh, world title at welterweight, whoever's got the titles at that point. I'm going back to the musical theme here. You know, you're a very accomplished uh, bassoonist. I'm just going to list this because people may not have heard from you before. The Royal Conservatoire of Scotland in Glasgow. Uh, you went yeah. to the Royal Academy of Music in London. Um, you've yeah. got a master's degree in music. Um, what is the tougher thing? I, I don't know if you're still performing in, the, in your quintet Coriolis, um, but what's tougher? I beg your pardon? We haven't had much of a chance this year, obviously with performances being put off because of the pandemic. Um, I'm really missing playing, I must admit. What's the toughest? Learning a musical score and getting nervous for that when you're performing or in those last few days before a fight? Well, that's actually a really good question. Um, so I think it depends on the profile of the concert. If you're doing a solo performance, it can be very nerve wracking preparing for that because it's the same sort of adrenaline rush that you get for going out into the ring, for example. Um, but you you, you can't run around with your instrument or punch anybody. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> there's no way of letting that sort of 
anxiety like any anxieties or worries come out however um i would say like in the lead up to the fight i'm actually a lot more calm in the week just before i fight because i'm just making weight and i've done all the hard work by that point whereas when i'm preparing for a concert there's always last minute things to take into account and it's very much heart on your sleeve preparations when it comes to music so i would feel actually sometimes music is a little bit more stressful Hannah, finally, um, look, I had you in the studio about a month ago. The idea of you making 147 just, just blows my mind. I don't know how you do it. You're, you're a big girl. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how you're going to get you're down. You're a big girl, Addy. You but cannot lightly, I didn't say mean that. it like that. Actually, I've seen her. She's in shape. She's in better shape than me. Do you mean you like that, you're a big girl, though. <laughs> but Hannah, a uh, quick one. <laughs> Considering we are yeah. in a pandemic right now, you obviously the fight's in March. When do you fly out to Cape Town? <laughs> So I think we're aiming to be fly flying out the week before. Um, obviously, I'm preparing like, you know, like I normally do for all of my fights. It is at altitude. So thankfully, obviously, my sponsors, the, the Altitude Centre here, I'm training at altitude for it. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, it's going to be a long flight. So we've got to take that into consideration. But, uh, you know, I'll be really excited to get down to that weight because I think I'm going to have all the some real positive attributes, the height, the length, the reach, all that sort of See, stuff. That's so, what I meant. I meant yeah. big girls in height. That's what I meant, there you Gareth. Go. Yeah. There you I go. did, cool. yes. Cool. 100%. <laughs> Boxing only sport, you can't take offence to that sort of comment. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, look, honestly, um, good luck in it. Um, it's going to be a, a good fight and a tough one. Again, I've been to South Africa myself. Those girls in Cape Town can definitely whack a bit, but good luck. Uh, no doubt we'll be having you on as soon as you come back from that, I hope, winning performance in yes. Cape Town, South Africa. All right, you're listening to The Knockout here on TalkSport 2. We're here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you've missed any of the show or would like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. The Fight Clock is brought to you by Mondale. Oh! Never, ever forget that knockout. Not in a million years. This is the knockout with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. And that commentary there was the knockout of Ben Askren. Jorge Masvidal unleashed the knee from hell that put Matt to put Ben Askren away. And look, he could have stayed down for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. He wasn't getting up. Um, the reason we played that Ben Askren clip there is because Ben Askren has signed on to fight YouTuber Jake Paul. Now, you might remember Jake Paul from a couple of months ago, former basketball player Nate Robinson. He's now taken a step up in fighting a former UFC fighter, or so it seems, because this is a former UFC fighter that, to be kind to Ben Askren, probably has the worst hands I've ever seen of any elite ever UFC fighter in, in the history of the sport. So he's fighting a guy that can grapple and wrestle, but not a guy that can box. Let me bring Gareth A. Davis in to discuss this. Uh, Gareth, this... Like, I'm, look, it's going to happen. Ben's going to get his money. Jake's going to get his money. But the narrative's going to be that Jake Paul has beaten a former UFC fighter, former Bellator champ. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, uh, it's a peculiar scenario here. I'm just looking at Jake Paul's... Uh... YouTube site, 20 million subscribers, remember? Just a bit it's more a than you. massive reach. When he defeated Nate Robinson, uh, recently terrible fight, terrible matchup, um, and knocked him clean out, the basket, the former NBA basketball player, mm. on his own website, uh, on his own YouTube channel, that's done nearly 7 million views. Wow. It's all about social media reach. Um, uh, let, me, let me quote you, Teofimo Lopez, from just a few hours ago, the, the, uh, the, the number one lightweight in the division. Um, at the moment in boxing, 
Stop this YouTuber boxing. Stop diminishing the sport that we've worked so hard for. And this is one of the strands in these conversations, Addy, that at the moment, you know, Floyd Mayweather was going to fight Logan Paul, Jake Paul's brother in an yeah. exhibition about that's been postponed for now. Um, last year, I was at KSI versus, or sorry, the year before that, I was at KSI and Logan Paul in, in Los Angeles that our very own guest on the show this, this week, uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney, both fought on. Eddie Hearn promoted the event. Um, in on history, the undercard as well. Yeah, but in the history of boxing, there's a guy called Arthur Craven that fought the great first African-American uh, heavyweight champion in the world, Jack Johnson, in a bull ring in Spain in the 20s. And, and Arthur Craven, who was, um, who was Oscar Wilde's nephew, had won the French light heavyweight championship. But he'd won it because he was the only person to turn up for the championship. Mm. And, the, and yet when he stepped into the ring in this brand new bull ring in Spain with a crowd of 6,000, every time he was touched, he fell to the ground and curled up like an embryo. And the, <laughs> and the point being, he wasn't really a box. There was a riot. The police were called that day. Mm. Um, it, I think it's getting out of hand, but we won't be able to stop it. It's whether you, you're interested or not. There's a new generation. There's a new... Uh, it's a non-linear broadcasting. Uh, as I said at the top of my comment, Jake Paul has a massive media following. As you rightly say, um, Ben Askren is an accomplished professional fighter, but not really known for his striking in MMA. So it makes a kind of decent matchup. But I do fear that when they actually get into the ring, mm. Ben Askren's genuine experience of being in real fights being a real maybe fighter. will tell. Yes, he's a fighter. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is the guy that went in there with Robbie Lawler. I mean, if you can get in there with Robbie Lawler, you can get in there with Jake Paul. Absolutely. I mean, look, Ben Askren will not be fearing anything, even the fact that uh, Jorge Masvidal is trained, who knocked him out. I was a few feet away from that when it happened live in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. Um, it will tickle Ben Askren that Jorge Masvidal is training Jake Paul. Because the point is, Masvidal doesn't step into the ring with him afterwards. It's, it's, I, I've got a curiosity for it. It works as a promotional event and it will probably do very big numbers. You know what I like about it? And look, there's not many things I like about it, I have to be honest again, but what I do like about it is Jake Paul's followers have seen a picture of Ben Askren. And let's be honest, Ben Askren looks like it looks like your supply RE teacher, doesn't he? He actually <laughs> does look like a fighter. And I think Jake Paul's followers have jumped on this and they're like, who is this kid? They actually don't realise that he's actually a really good fighter. So Ben Askren plays that role quite well. He, he will turn up in his, his jeans and slippers. He won't sell the fight, but he can fight. He's a very, very clever man. He's a very erudite fighter. As you say, he's he's renowned for his wrestling capabilities, really. And... and, and you know, has had a stellar career in lots of ways. He came over to the UFC very late in his career. And I'm afraid, you know, Jorge Masvidal put him to sleep that night. Four seconds or five seconds, wasn't it? So, yeah. you know, he got caught by a very, very dangerous fighter, a very experienced fighter. What I do think we've got here, what I think Jake Paul in many ways is a brilliant marketeer mm -hmm. in, in the way that Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather was a great marketeer in the way that Conor McGregor is a great marketeer. You know, he'll come out with headlines all the time. He knows how to create headlines, Addy. Like at the moment, he's bashing MMA. You know, he says that, you know, boxing's a real art. MMA is just a pub scrap. He's just <laughs> good at creating the headlines. He'll make a lot of heat around this. And uh, honestly, it will do big numbers. It will probably do over a million. And it's not necessarily, Addy, 
being put on just for fight fans because fight fans are not are the ones kind of knocking it but as everybody knocks it it just grows look we're talking about it right now and that's why he's very good he's clearly capable of marketing himself one thing that um i think a lot of people have been critical about real and i say real professional fighters um, is that they don't know how to market themselves. You're right. That's why I think we're so excited about Ryan Garcia, just because he has got the Logan Paul-like following, the Jake Paul-like following, but he can fight. Can boxers and some mixed martial artists learn from the way Jake Paul and Logan Paul promote fights? Completely. And this is something that should be said to them more by their promoters, by their, uh, by their agents, um, by their marketing teams, that when you're up there on the podium, when there's a press conference, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of pushing and shoving, a bit of kind of smack talk. People absolutely love it. I mean, it's funny, you know, because um, when Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. announced that they were fighting last year, that was, by the way, that was the biggest pay-per-view draw last year in America. That's crazy, that did the right? most numbers. Bigger they than Wild need... of Fury. Amazing. Exactly. They didn't, they did, they didn't need to market it mm. because you don't need a first name for Jones Jr. and Tyson. They are extraordinary American legends uh, from the sport. They didn't need to trash talk. They're in their 50s. But these youngsters who aren't as self-aware um, as people get when they get older, who, who, who don't need to push themselves when they're older because they have names. People like Jake Paul, they, they're just, they're unbridled. He's relentless. D expect loads and loads of smack talk all the way up to it. And yes, all the boxers. Everyone needs, you know, a, a selling point. Mm. Um, like you say, Ryan Garcia, um, as I say, I call him the Justin Bieber of, of, of boxing. He's got that thing where he looks like a choir boy, got very handsome young man, um, doesn't look like a fighter, doesn't have a fighter's body. And yet when he switches it on, he's almost got an alter ego. Tyson Fury does it through being the gypsy king. Deontay Wilder becomes the bronze bomber. Love that These one. guys have got their alter ego. Mm. They get into character, if you like. And if people are capable of doing it, they should push the boundaries. They should push it because everybody loves... You know, you just need to go back to school. When sh someone shouted, fight, fight, fight in the playground, where was the whole school in the corner watching it? That's what happens with fight sports. It's one of the most exciting um, sports arenas on earth. It's drama, it's theatre. And when, and when fighters sell themselves, when they put themselves out there, if they talk the talk and then they go on to walk the walk, it's an avalanche. It's a snowball effect for their fans. So never hold back from promoting yourselves, fighters, if you're comfortable doing it. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.